you guys, uh, if you guys like use a French press, you like a pour over into a Chemex. I do a little of everything, man. And actually, I've gone back to I found him at uh, Goodwill. I found like a 1980s Mister Coffee. Yeah, Dude, that is so and dope. so I picked it up, and it still works. You know, I descaled the inside of it, and right. it's I yeah, that. man, it's like coffee from when I was a kid. It's great. That's awesome. You know, I'll do a diet Pepsi in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't drink. I didn't start drinking coffee until my mid thirties. Hated it, and then I drink two black cups every every morning now. So, you know, my uh, as you know, my wife works long hours, and I don't. So we were laying in bed one night, and she was working, and I put on Reacher from mm-hmm. Am- uh, on Amazon, you know. And uh, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to really enjoy this very much, but you know, I mean, I you guys know I like a like a well built man, you know. And I was I thought I'd watch it, you know, and um. <laughs> What was the dude's name at the Tennessee bar? Joey. Like, can I touch Billy? Can I touch your muscles? His name's Joey. <laughs> can I touch your can muscles? I touch your muscles? <laughs> yeah. Dude, at least you asked. Some people yeah. just grab muscular right. people. So. Right. I asked. Yeah, he said, I yeah, did. he didn't care. I don't remember if I touched him or not. You did. It's not important. I was super t- it was super timid. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Mike and I, were, we were all a little tipsy that night. Huh? <laughs> um. Anyway, this is Joey a listener? Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, Mike. No, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think he is. Chances are not great. <laughs> He's probably still working out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's at the gym. Um, why am I talking to you about Reacher? Oh, yes, because uh, black coffee. Reacher drinks yeah. his coffee black. I do not. But uh, from from now on, my wife always goes, so "You're gonna have your coffee black, like Reacher." <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's like, no. Do you follow Alan Richardson on the Instagram? He's very, he's very fun follow. He's very positive. No. Sings songs. No. Richmond R- Richardson. R- Alan Richardson. R- I don't think that's his name. Uh oh. It might not. Be. I don't Uh-oh. fucking know. Now I got Uh-oh. the luck. Okay. Richardson. It's Alan Richardson. Sorry. Boom. Session's over. All right. Good podcast, guys. I'll talk to you guys <laughs> next week. Right. Everybody enjoy episode twenty. Is this episode 20? This is episode it 20. Is. That's a big zero. round number right there. Two zero. Oh my gosh. We've not made a big deal about this at all. No. Not to each other. Not to anyone else. But uh, happy my- uh, 20 episodes, guys. This is a big accomplishment. How long have we been doing this now? Like uh, what, four months or four something? Months? 20 days. Yeah. <laughs> 20 days. <laughs> 20 days. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording oh, all, ho, ho, ho. all these. We recorded every episode in a month and a half, and now we're just releasing them slowly. It actually has. It's got to have been like, what, three months? Yeah, three or four months. We launched on September 27th. Three and so a half. Yeah, three and a half. September 26th. September 26th. Yeah. Man, I should write that down, our anniversary date. Here's here's how you guys can remember. We've gone over this before. If it's my birthday, it's our podcast anniversary. Oh, that's right. Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh. Donnie, I don't your birthday? Donnie, to celebrate two things. I think this is the fourth time we've discussed it on the podcast, but yes, we have. We, <laughs> we really <start laughs> Our listeners day. probably know that. Our <laughs> listeners are probably like, man, you guys are idiots. We don't drink. <laughs> uh, you, probably, you probably edited them all out, Mike. That's the problem. So they don't really, they didn't, they didn't really exist. I am uh, pretty brutal in the booth. <laughs> I'm brutal in the booth, I've been told. Brutal by, in the by, booth. By myself. <laughs> if it's not good, it doesn't make the air. You're no, no prisoners, man. If it's not good, it doesn't make the air. Yep. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's why. I, yeah, sure. <laughs> so many times I try to do that. There's plenty of not good stuff that makes it in. Well, but we don't want a 15 minute podcast, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, congratulations last week on your exemplary troll kill. I was listening back, and uh, boy, that was a that was a brutal moment when the uh, flame orb yeah. missed. Yeah, yeah. didn't yeah. do anything. That sucked. That triggered the regeneration, and uh, that was that was that was tough. Chris, take me back to that moment. How how was that for you? It was a little frustrating, but uh, we had other sources of fire. We've got uh, a handy inventor who uh, doesn't care who he uh, explodes <laughs> on. Apparently, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was something. Um, Harim, man, Brad, you thought seriously of killing Harim? I don't blame you. He's pretty, pretty annoying. Uh, but no, uh, yeah. So I, I think I, I did, I did Harim a, a dirty. Like I, as a player, I don't like him. But 
I mean, Mitch had, you know, his little one-on-one session with him after the dream sequence. So I think there's, there is some mutual respect there, but there's some also fucked up shit that, you know, went through Mitch's head when Harim hit the ground, you know, with all the dream sequence stuff. So, well, uh, with how poorly the fight started, I kind of thought, oh, you know, you were thinking that, that you wanted to explode so that you could then do an attack without any multiple attack penalty. Correct. Third yeah. action. Yep. And you were thinking, at the time, that could have meant the difference. Yeah. So right. I get it. And I think we're we're left with someone holding the zero condition, right? Yeah, yep. Brad. Yep. Brad, who always takes one for the team with you guys. Yeah. He's he's our have we tracked how many zero checks have been used by everybody? I've taken two, and I think Donnie took one. Donnie's yeah, used I, it took, once. I put out a fire with mine. I had one. <laughs> or uh the deuce had one. Did he? Yeah. The deuce. Yeah, yeah, the deuce had one in the first, in the second episode. Okay. Oh, yep. Remember that guy? No. Brad said he went back and listened to episode one. I did. Yeah. What did you think of episode one now that we're at episode 20? We're, you know. Right. <laughs> it's a big deal. There's a lot of foreshadowing. It's it's interesting. Like, you know, the, the whole interaction with Tartuccio and everyone at our table that we, you know, got influence with. Um, you know, there's more to come, you know, now that Jathel's peeking her head back, head back into the story. It's, it's, mm. it's fun stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely like a bunch of nervous kids, though, on like first day of school. Like we were all kind of. Shy until I the deuce wanted to jump the out deuce. the window. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to leave my body rather than do that first episode. But and you know, it's it's we dabbled in podcasts before, and you know, so we, we thought we knew what we were doing. But the whole first two episodes, I had my microphone backwards. Yeah, and it's noticeable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's valid. Well, it was a new mic. Yeah, right. You know, and we we did a sound yeah. test, but we just didn't catch it somehow. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but. Anyway. whatever we're pros now though so don't worry about it oh yeah right guys are your mics the right way <laughs> it's, on the checklist. it's on the checklist, <laughs> on the checklist mike. oh yeah we have a checklist now we're so legit i'll try to i'll try to upload my entire audio file this time mike sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> gosh so, yeah, yeah you know panic. um we i don't i want i don't want to go too, too deep into our method to do all this because it would be boring but it I, I dropped in uh, to do the edit for last episode and half of Donnie's track was missing. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I don't know that we can get that back <laughs> somehow. <laughs> and uh, luckily, luckily the, it was on Donnie's computer. So, you know, that story about, uh, have you ever heard that toy story two got saved by a finicky yeah. uh, artist that just sort of backed the whole thing up oh, on, yeah. on her own computer or okay. something? Is that true? Or is that just a story? I've heard it before. So it's gotta be true. Yeah, I think well, it was on the internet. Like it, Mike, and you know how that means? I feel like yeah. it was Monsters Inc. But uh, yeah, same, same. Maybe it was Toy Story. But yeah, somebody was like, "Oh, you know, I'm just gonna get a copy of these files." And it's a good thing they did. Donnie, that's you. That, um, yeah, okay. that's me. Well, okay. So the dust is sort of clearing now with this troll. Ikundeo is here. He's breathing heavily. His dog has come up to him, looking his his uh, his hands and his his face, and kind of jumping up on Ikun. And Ikun approaches the uh, freshly slain corpse of the troll and stands over it. Uh, I think Mitch is going to just stand next to Ikundeo and say. This is this the troll that you fought? Just to make sure, like this isn't like his brother or his cousin troll. Then the other dudes around somewhere, right? So Egun mo- motions to uh, these two uh, bracers that the troll is wearing, and uh, you look down, and they're kind of this bluish grayish leather color. You've never seen it before, uh, or if you have, you know this is pretty advanced stuff. And Egun says, "Look." Wyvern hide. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, this is the troll that I fought. He's part of a group that all wear the same hide. Okay. Well, how big of a group? Yeah. Ikun uh, faces the troll corpse again for a couple moments, as almost as if entranced. And then he turns to look up at Mitch, and he just says simply, Have you heard of Gragglebeard's Reavers? Mm, have I? Make a society check. Oh, it's a 19 on the die. Uh, it's a 28. You've heard tell of a hill giant um, somewhere in this region. Say Craglebeard? 
uh, Gragglebeard. Gragglebeard, my bad. You've, you've heard tell of a hill giant named Gragglebeard that leads a war band of other uh, trolls and giants and things like that. But aside from just that bit of knowledge, you, you don't really know. But what Ikun will tell you uh, is that Gragglebeard is a dangerous hill giant who wears hide armor made from a wyvern. You can see bits and pieces on this troll. His reavers are mostly ogres who admire or fear him, and they all wear bits and pieces of wyvern armor, but only Gragglebeard is allowed to wear a full suit. The reavers have been moving through the wilds of the river kingdoms for years, targeting small, isolated settlements for total destruction. They leave none alive so that there's no threat of reprisal and no witnesses, so naturally word doesn't get around of their existence. They missed me when they destroyed Bristle Hill, and I intend to make them pay for that mistake. Where is Bristol Hill? That's Bristle Hill, Mitchell. Bristol. T is pronounced in, is my, it? in my tongue. Oh. My native tongue. We pronounce our T's. <laughs> and our K's in life. Is that your Bravoy accent coming through, I see? Don't mock me. It could be Bristol Hill, I guess. How's it spelled? Uh... Like bristle, it's bristle. Like B-R-I-S-T-L-E-H-I-L-L. <laughs> Look, I live in Tennessee where they mispronounce everything. Oh yeah, like Lafayette, <laughs> Lafayette, Bristle Hill. Where's Bristle Hill? You ask him. He goes, "It's a former settlement far to the south." He explains it's not in the stolen lands, but that the Reavers have been wow now making moves up into the stolen lands, and that they, you know. There's just there's this roving band of, again, just these destructive uh, giants and ogres and trolls. Um, and he apparently was a citizen of this uh, Bristle Hill settlement that was totally destroyed uh, by these giants. Hmm. Ikun will um, uh, roll the troll over with much effort, and he'll reveal this satchel, kind of a fanny pack that the troll was wearing. And he'll drag it out from under the corpse and just throw it to the ground. He'll say, thank you for the help. Here, take this. You helped, man. Part of that's yours. He nods. How big are the bracers? How big are the bracers that that troll's wearing? Yeah, you can take those off, too. It's bits of wyvern hide. Not enough to make armor, but you can can harvest it and maybe someday combine it. You'd have to kill a lot more of these... uh, Reavers. Well, I'm thinking to, to get full suit. Well, I mean, I mean I'm I thinking this braces. creature's large, right? Yeah. And if you wear it on his wrist, maybe like I could wear it as a belt. Does that work That's out? That's what I'm saying. I like, could I, could I harvest the bracers from him and then have Brad craft him into bracers for me? There you go. Or for all of us. Those big bracers, guys. I mean, it's it's not like. Um, I mean, all right, sure. I mean, <laughs> I guess you could wear them as a belt. It's gonna be like flavor <laughs> bracers. Yeah, you can have some flavor <laughs> bracers. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, Mike. We won't do it. Does anybody detect any magic? Like, I mean, it's from a wyvern. Is there any hey, magic detected? Somebody detect magic, or is it just yeah. like so? So wyvern hide isn't itself magical, but if right. you can get enough to to make like leather armor out of it, that armor has certain properties. I can't. I don't have it in front of me right now. Okay. But wyvern is it's it's sort of like a cold iron or or you know silver. You know, yeah. as a material, like it, it has some, I it might have like some resistance or something, but yeah, I mean, this material is strong and nice. And even though it's covered in troll shit, like it's kept its quality. Like, like it, the troll wipes his belt with him. Is that what we're? No, yeah. I yeah. He's just, you know, he's just, he just kind of gets his poop everywhere. That's what <laughs> trolls do, you know? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. You, you pop open this satchel and inside is a bunch of stuff. Uh, first of all, uh, there's several pounds of miscellaneous bits of broken armor and worthless junk. But aside from that, there's 30 silver pieces in the satchel, 12 gold pieces, Ooh. a kukri made out of cold iron. Kukri, cold iron. There's a talisman in here, and there is a light hammer with a plus Ooh. one rune on it. Wow. And I'll take a, uh, I'll take an arcana check on the talisman. Not it. Rolling fucking rocks today. That's a 25. This is a Hunter's Bane talisman. Wow. What's that do? Look it up. I don't know what it does. All right. (laughs) Glad we could talk about that. With this, Ikun kind of goes back and sits down on a rock. He's just exhausted. 
Um, yeah, Mitch is going to sit next to him, kind of fist bump him before he sits down, and Mitch is going to sit and repair his, re- repair his shield. Yeah. That's smashed to pieces. And uh, Ikum <clears throat> looks around and says, what, what are you doing out here? Who are you? We are the Knights of Zero. I'm just kidding. Um, <coughs> <laughs> Zero, I guess Bashk and I will uh, kind of mosey on over. And really, before before I start answering your questions, Ikendeu, um, I'm more concerned about this roving band of trolls and ogres and all this all this stuff. So do you know if the troll we just took down, if he was alone or if he was with a group? Or what do you know about that? Ikun thinks for a moment. And he says uh, that it's likely that this troll was cast out of the Reavers. They don't typically travel alone. As far as where the Gragglebeard Reavers are now, Ikun doesn't know, but it's his intent to find out. It's his mission. Well, that's that's good to hear. And knowing that you're, I guess, kind of tracking the rest of these Gragglebeard fellows, um, we're just kind of exploring this area, trying to map it out and clear it of a... Uh, hostile enemies so if you're all about that um we could certainly use your help well where are you from where did you come from well i'm I'm from new stetsman but uh we all met up in rustov um probably at this point it's uh, i'd say seven seven to eight days ride to the east so we're we're a bit far from home but we're kind of out here exploring this untamed wilderness do you have a settlement nearby we don't have a a settlement but we're kind of holed up at a trading post oleg's Oh, yeah, you've heard of it. Um, they call it Oleg's, but I think his wife kind of runs the show. <laughs> uh, and he laughs, too, at that. Um, he says, I will go there to recover and await your return. He just says this simply and stands up. So we don't know if the roving band of murderous trolls and orgs are around us anywhere or. Kind of sounds like he was hinting that this is a, a solo kind of, kind of like just a one off. Yeah. Like yeah, this troll, right this troll party. broke the uh, the you know code of conduct for the other trolls, and they kicked him out of the group. Yeah, he was too violent for the Reavers. That's right. <laughs> He's probably like the weak, uh, weakest one. Yeah, Iku yeah. doesn't know why this one was kicked out, uh, but he surmises that you know culturally with the Reavers, probably this one was you know yeah. found wanting for one reason or another and was rejected from the from the from the clan. So I think I think Mask okay. would ask, "Have you been?" tracking this one did you just happen to stumble upon this one he motions to the dog the dog found he him. can track who's the good boy <laughs> Ikundeo goes dog is the good boy, <laughs> the boy? <laughs> very literal this Ikundeo yes I like the it do- the dog oh, so do- dog's name is dog dog's yes, name is dog dog okay. is the no- dog's name is dog uh, Ikundeo will tell you a little bit about himself he actually he originally is from Absalom Oh, and city uh, boy. he, ah, city yeah. Boy, yeah, 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 kind of a city guy, you know, but he <laughs> grew up more, not, not like in the, um, affluent areas more not, and he's not a street urchin either. I mean, he had, you know, I don't know, maybe by our standards, kind of a lower middle-class upbringing, I suppose, you know, but, uh, he's, he's on his own now. Bashk, you sense sort of, um, I don't know if kindred is the right, but you, you sense that he is sort of, he carries kind of this loss yeah. Like you do, you know, with his whole uh, settlement, everyone he knew in his town being killed. You yeah. Know? So I, I think Basque will take this opportunity to say we're, you know, we've, they, I think Ciro kind of laid out like why we're out here, right? What we're doing. I don't know if you mentioned the charter right? intentionally, no, I, I left it out intentionally or not. Uh, left, left that piece out. But okay. I mean, if, if you want to go into no, no, it, no. you can. Yeah, I just as a player, I, I noticed she did that. I just wanted, I didn't know if that was on purpose or not. So that's good. Um, but yeah, so about you know, pick up where Syria left off and say you know one of our one of our primary goals out here is to deal with the Stag Lord. Are you are you familiar with the Stag Lord? Mm-hmm. Have you dealt with the Stag Lord? Is there anything you can tell us about the Stag Lord? I know of the Stag Lord. The Stag Lord doesn't seek to destroy civilization in these lands. He wants to control it, profit. If the Reavers come to Oleg's, it won't exist the next day. Huh. I see the Reavers as a bigger challenge. The Stag Lord doesn't concern me. All right. Wow. Yeah, I think Mitch can see, like, from the, the fight we just got through and almost had our asses handed to us, if this guy's like a runt of the litter of yeah. trolls, that's kind of sobering. We can't have we can't have a stable, stable kingdom, society, settlement, whatever, if, like, fucking trolls and giants and ogres are running around right. roughshod. So, yeah. 
It's a problem we're going to have to deal with. I will go to Oleg's. I will recover, and I will continue my search. Try the pie. Does he want to take the uh, troll fanny pack with him? Like, would that be useful? I will him? take the fanny pack. All yes. right. I, well, I, think, I, I think we should probably also ask him to alert everyone yeah. that's at Oleg's of the other threat, you know, get the walls buffed up, get defenses. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we get back there and we bring it up and be like, oh, we didn't, we didn't fucking tell you about the trolls and the giants. Like, I'm like, sorry, but <laughs> the Oleg strength was not going to be there for the fucking trolls to tear down because we're going to do it for them. Yeah, no, they've, and you would have kind of been around them long enough to where you'd think they would have mentioned this if they'd known it. Uh, you know, the vibe that you're getting from, um, from Ikundeo is that this, this is a tide yeah. that is, is rising from the south. Right. They've, they're kind of, they were working down south and now they've come into the green belt stolen lands, that area, and is trying to kind right. of expand their, their reach and whatever brand of society that they happen to have. So, yeah. Okay. And to be fair, you know, there have been no, you know, giant or troll or ogre sightings in stolen lands that you've been made aware of. And right. that said, you've only really been, you know, in the Rossland hinterlands and the green belt, but you can track this guy from the south. So yeah, you don't know really if they're here yet or not, but Ikun has only seen this troll so far. About uh, what time uh, day is it? Oh, you guys hadn't really set off. But more than an hour or two. Well, no, actually, just as you got into this hex, that's when this activated. So Ikun, uh, you know, I, I'd say it's probably four or five in the afternoon. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm enfeebled, so all my questions to Ikun Deu sounded really <laughs> dumb. <laughs> like, he, he had to double take a couple times. Like, I, I'm probably just speaking like I normally speak. He's stammering all over himself and just putting, like, leaving verbs out of his sentence and all sorts of crazy shit. So, Throw do you enjoy there. alcohol? Eruxi. <laughs> smoking smoking that Eruxi Eruxi weed. The, the Eruxi weed, which is the different. Eruxi weed. <laughs> um Yeah, so Ikun looks like he's kinda getting ready to, to jet, but um I suppose given the time of day, he'll probably camp with you tonight and then set off toward Oleg's in the morning. What do you guys do? Yeah, I guess to that, um since it's kinda getting late in the day and I know uh Harem is still kind of messed up from that fight um is he taking care of himself like healing up or does he does he need any help with that he says my tailbone was badly bruised during the fight i cannot sit it hurts to move i uh i hate this that's that's unfortunate guy okay yeah so he's he's <laughs> right cool story bro <laughs> well you asked so we're gonna try to find a camping spot would you? Yeah. Would y'all like me to try to find a camping spot? Oh, yeah. you are the survival I, master. I think so. so yeah. Remind is me. It survival? It's been so long. It is survival. Yeah. It is a survival check, and I have the DC chart in front of me. Oh fuck me! No. What? What you get? Oh my god! I got a natural fucking one. Natural <laughs> one. Oh no. Donnie. This is a great spot to camp, right by the dead troll. Donnie. 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 Not a good campsite. No, no, not at all. What's the total on that result? Uh, it's an 11. An 11. Oh, but it is a natural one. It's an 11. Okay, so it's just a failure. Hey. Your campsite will work, but it's not the best. <laughs> campsite activities that require checks take a negative two penalty. Oh, God damn. Ouch. Okay. You guys want to do some camping activities? Did not you know anymore. that both Ikundeo <laughs> and Harim have camping activities that they can do do that i just you want to learn i want to learn yeah harim's camping activity but first i want to sit in front of the fireplace relax and relax i just uh, want to go back the to whole... the fact that bashk's family used to be I know. camping guides right <laughs> they never <laughs> like were you they, a kid that like didn't pay attention or absolutely what's... i was i was the one that they like I, they, they would take me fishing and suddenly i'd be out of the boat for no reason at smoking, all smoking I'd be smoking weed. i'd be smoking that lizard folk weed and fall out of the boat but god damn it god damn it bash yeah, yeah, well, i heard a lot of that uh let's see here yeah you, you guys all want to do uh, an hour of relaxation yeah let's so. just Plus roll one. the encounter yes, that would help. Uh, dice oh nothing happens as you all relax together Ikundeo has a camping activity called Wilderness Survival. Uh, Ikundeo attempts to bolster efforts to cook campfire meals or treating illness by gathering herbs from the campsite's environs. 
attempt uh, any attempts to cook a meal or treat disease gain a plus one item bonus during this camping session. Oh. If the party is eleven, if the party is level eleven or higher, the bonus increases to plus two. So there's no role associated with this. It's just that if he burns the time to engage in wilderness survival, he'll put this bonus on everybody. That was a plus one to treating a disease, and we have somebody that has a disease, don't we? Yeah, yeah that could that is definitely yeah. how awesome It's kind of your fault that you guys let an enfeebled Aruxi find your campsite. Like, that's kind of <laughs> on you at this point. <laughs> that's valid. It's 100% valid. Blaming, yeah. blaming going on. Yeah. You know, we've talked a little bit about the, um, the learn companion ability activity. And it's uh, what it really amounts to is a high DC perception check which I don't really like. And so I'm making my first sort of change to these rules as they're written. I think that the observation of the activity should be a skill role that's associated with that activity and not just a perception check. What do you guys think? I agree with that. Um, I agree with that also. Going back to like watching Valerie repair or, you know, bonus armor and stuff. And like the fact I had to have a high perception when it's like, I probably already knew what she was doing to learn that skill. Yeah, you'd need. It makes sense to me that that would have been a crafting check, right? Right. Yeah. To try to learn how to craft the stuff that she was doing. Right. Yeah. So as Ikundeo engages in this wilderness survival, uh, those of you that wish to learn the wilderness survival activity from Ikun could take this time and accompany him with your own survival check. Bash will do that. Seems like a good skill. Dry, I'll do that. So Ikun looks at Dry Colmain, the enfeebled. Uh, <laughs> Roxy is like, it's got glass like, eyes. Come with, Come with me out into the plains and the brush. Hey, I just met you. And this is and crazy. This is crazy, but let's scroll. Let's me. do some wilderness survival together. It's the least I can do after you saved my life. Here, come. Let's go. He's very excited. That's good. He's showing some passion. Yeah, his mustache is looking real good. He's kind of got the handlebar <laughs> thing going on again with it. Tries, tries studying him every move. Yeah. Every his mustache or his no, just wilderness just everything he's doing in the wilderness and his probably sweet mustache. Basque is dry. Probably can't grow one yet. Yeah, well, Bask is fascinated with hair. Period, because yeah, he's a lizard, so <laughs> it's fucking weird to him. But it's, at the same time, it's fascinating. Are you like the kid from Powder? <laughs> you guys remember that yep. yeah v- vaguely yes vaguely yes. we we randomly uh, wake up at night and bash is combing our hair <laughs> oh my just, yeah, well yeah, never pretty mind. bird well what why, why bird. <laughs> while you two are out with Ekan day i'm gonna try to camouflage the campsite oh good call Ooh. okay okay and uh i suppose mitch is uh crafting on the trolley yeah no What's i'm up? actually i'm sitting next to harim i wanted to have a discussion with him Oh, well, why don't we um, do that after we let's get the survival checks from yep. uh, the two knuckleheads out in the brush <laughs> with Ikun and we'll go from there. So better result this time. I rolled a 25 on my survival. There check. we go. Whoa. What about Draco May? I rolled a 25. Also, I rolled a 19 with hey. a six modifier. Nice. Wow. In addition to learning how to engage in wilderness survival from Ikundeo, you also earn an influence point with Ikun. Nice. As uh, you uh, have shown interest in taking part in in, in his uh, activity. So, again, uh, you can bolster efforts to cook campfire meals or treat illnesses. Attempts to cook meals and uh, treat diseases each gain plus one item bonuses uh, during this camping session. So, that's a nice buff uh, for... Um, I guess some things you guys are going to have to do yeah. later tonight. Uh, great. Um, let's get the uh, roll from Serio to uh, uh, camouflage the campsite. All right. Yeah. So this is about, you know, proper fire placement, making sure the smoke doesn't, you know. Smell like crime. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, smoke does have different smells. Um, so we'll do that and reminding people to be quiet and shit. So this is a stealth stealth roll. Uh, 15 plus 8, 23. Nice. Nice. That's a success. That's a success. That lowers the encounter DC, right? Uh, yes. Your work helps hide your campsite from detection, increase the encounter DC from your camp by one. So, Oh, sure. It makes sense. Because I'm rolling it. Yeah, so it increases. Okay, cool. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, Harim is kind of, um, bustling around. He's, he's getting ready to kind of do something kind of weird and occult like, um, 
as uh, Mitch interrupts him. Well, I would, yeah, I mean, kind of see what he's doing. I, I think I would pause and watch. I'd like to see if I can learn that, oh. what he's doing. Oh, Harry was like, hmm, are you interested in Grotus? I'm interested your, in all things occult. Have your dreams made you welcome the end? <laughs> um, they've made me maybe not welcome the end, but know that the end is near. It might be, yes. Um, you, you, did you see anything when you went down today during battle? Did anything approach you? All I felt was the embrace of Grotus. I thought I might be close, but I was pulled back to the living. My time is my time, and my time was not today. You know, I thought you were dead. I almost made it your time. Did you? <laughs> I hesitated long enough that Sirio took it upon himself to heal you. And at that point, I realized you weren't dead and that I almost made a grave mistake. Well, Grotus acted through you both then. Take it from me, Mitchell. There are things in this world that we can't explain. Some things that we can, but if you ascribe meaning to everything around you, then that's all you'll see and you'll become obsessed. Only think through the dreams that you have. Don't imagine the dreams in other people. Mitch kind of just silently nods and soaks that in. Now, join me. Here, come sit. Sit with me. Sit down. Cross your legs. Mitch sits Chris on his Cross lap. applesauce. Come on. Sit down on his lap. No, no, no. <laughs> Across from me. Raise your hands up like this. He holds his hands up. And he goes, I want you to look up at the moon. Chris, what does the moon look like tonight? Oh, the moon? It's a half moon. Ooh. Look um, at the half moon up there. Is the moon is, is the moon half full or half empty, Grotus? Or shit. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that up. I fucked that whole bit up. God damn it. Oh man. I'm not even there. Bash is even there. Just ignore me. Just go on. Just go on, just go on with your little fucking podcast your game. Just pretend I'm not Donnie here. is enfeebled too. <laughs> Donnie messed up and got mad at me. <laughs> um Herring begins praying to Grotus in uh, what I can only describe as a relatively intense um, manner. Uh, he's not quite speaking in tongues or anything like that, but he is just kind of going at it Grotus style, you know, just really talking through the end, putting all trust in Grotus, reassuring Grotus that uh, what Grotus says, uh, what, what, when Grotus brings the end, everyone's going to be down with it and everything like that. Uh, Harim's prayers to Grotus bring an air of gloom and solitude over the campsite. This causes the players to experience morose and somewhat unsettling dreams. Uh, while this occurs, it doesn't affect the quality of the rest. It does, however, help to make the campsite less attractive to predators or wandering monsters. When checking for wandering encounters during the night, including when made as part of camping, the flat check DC for the encounter is increased by an additional two points. This will stack with the campsite camouflaging. And as he does this, the moon uh, up above, uh, it's half moon, it still casts some light down, but you can visually see the moon uh, shining down on the campsite. The, the shine of the moon dims. And Mitch, as he finishes his prayer, you know, 10 to 15 minutes later, you find yourself in the darkest light at night in a half moon that you've ever been in. Wow. And the darkness just kind of closes around you. And again, you just feel this like peacefulness and you feel this like this desire to just give in to what Grotus might have planned for you. Huh. Is, is, is Mitch kind of taking to this or is, are you, he's feeling the comfort, I guess the quote unquote comfort. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think maybe with his headspace the way it is, this might be fairly fitting. I think that, yeah, it's, he's kind of, yeah, he's had a lot of experiences with death in the past few weeks. So this is, well, what I will tell you is this, Mitch, if, um, if Grotus becomes a focus of worship for, for Mitch, oh God, Mitch could very likely reproduce this effect while camping. Huh. But if it's not his thing, it's not his thing. Right. Okay. Harry finishes his his worship uh, as Dry 
and uh, uh, fucking Bash. Bash. <laughs> and <laughs> Ikundeo returned to camp. And you experience this too, you know, when you're out walking around, you know, a couple football fields lengths away from the camp. The moon looks normal. But as you get near the camp, you're just shrouded in this darkness. And like the fire that's going right now, it's almost like a sepia filter is over the fire. And it's just this dulled color that doesn't give off that much light, but that it's still warmth. It still provides warmth and you can cook from it and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. I don't know about you guys, but after, uh, you know, and this was all kind of laid out in the book a little bit, but having kind of looked over that description and as I'm saying it to you now, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little calmer all of a sudden. That's kind of cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, really yeah, cool, cool. Uh, effect. And yeah, I just, I just like the fact that it, like, I don't know, it almost like dulls everything. Like, yeah. I mean, Mitch is, Mitch is kind of at peace. Everybody's just kind of chill now. Does it give off like bad vibes? Is that why folks can't find not bad vibes, but like I don't know. Like is it is it just the lack of light that keeps us hidden? Or is it kind of give off a feeling? Uh, well again, it's kind of this morose and unsettling yeah. feeling. Okay. But 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 giving into it yeah. as an occupant in here is like it's fine. Yeah. But if you were maybe searching for this campsite or if you kind of got nearby and you didn't understand what was going on these feelings would make you turn and walk the other way. Yeah, no, that's that's a really neat effect. I really like that. That's cool. I think Mitchell could be grumpy all the time. Huh? I, th- I said I think Mitchell could be grumpy all the time. Uh, oh, if Mitchell little, became little, a follower little, of Grotus. Wow. Emo Mitch. He dye his hair black, put eyeliner on. You guys want me to drive? Whatever, I guess. I've always pictured Mitch <laughs> with black hair. Is that? Yeah, yeah Mitch does has he have that, black hair. Yeah, yeah, close cropped black hair, black beard, close cropped huh. again. I think that resolves our second hour of camping activities. No encounter. For the record, Dry is eating food out of his pack. He's not going to let the enfeebled lizard cook for him. Today. <laughs> <laughs> so Bash, Bash at this would at this point would say normally I would I would try to cook for here. We got about a fifty percent success rate. Sometimes it works out really well. Sometimes it makes everyone sick. But he looks at uh, our new our new companion here and says, "You know, would you mind, given my current state, could you help prepare the meal and and perhaps I could learn something new from you from a from a culinary aspect?" Hmm. Gundeo, what does he know how to make? Let me just see here. What's the? What do you roll for cooking? Survival or I'll cook cooking lore? I don't have cooking lore, but I have survival. I'll cook dinner. If Ikun is going to cook, he he knows how to make uh, something called rice and nut pudding. Ooh. Yeah, which is a uh, sounds delicious. It does yeah? It's it's a uh, let's see here. It's a Bristle Hill favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> not anymore. The recipe Aww. was lost. Rip. So here's here's rice and nut pudding. Of course, it's two basic ingredients and one special per, per serving. Um, and uh, a properly cooked serving of rice and nut pudding requires a bit of understanding of the nature of arcane magic, Ooh. because drawing upon this knowledge while the meal simmers not only improves the taste, but adds a little bit of extra focus for spellcasters of any tradition. Wow. On a success, uh, the Etor, the Etor, uh, the meal grants a plus one status bonus to arcana checks made to identify magic and to learn a spell for the remainder of the camping session. And on a critical success, uh, this bonus extends for the next 24 hours. On a critical failure, uh, I don't know why I'm even reading this, the meal is filling, but its magical influence accidentally makes the eater more susceptible to certain <laughs> magical effects, which are drawn to the eater, like iron filings to a magnet. The eater <laughs> suffers a negative one status penalty to reflex saves against spells for the next 24 hours. This is a curse effect. And uh, that is rice and nut pudding. He's going to try to cook it. Who's eating? Who's eating rice and nut pudding? I'll, I'll give it. that a whirl. Bash will do it. Gundeo's like, watch my technique. And who's got the rice and who's got the nuts? I've got rice. Bring, oh, you've got rice. Okay, Mitchell, bring the rice over here. Put it in the pot. Who's got the nuts? Anyone who's got the nuts? Oh, I've got the nuts. Okay. And he opens the <laughs> Okay. I just want to uh, congratulate everyone that we nobody 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 took the bait. 
Nope. Nice job, everybody. Nope. That's why I didn't say anything. I didn't say a word. Because it just... Nope. We I are, wouldn't have been able to do it. We're on the ball with that. We're 20 episodes uh, in, and we're no so amateur. <laughs> I have rolled the check. Hey, Bashk, make a uh, cooking check to try to learn how to make rice and nut pudding. Got to do a survival check. Yeah. 21 total. You have learned how to make Yay! rice and nut pudding. Hell yeah. Level nice. two meal. Level two there meal. it is. Awesome. You can do this like... Enjoy. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Any other camping activities before we uh, turn the clock? I will take 10 minutes and repair Ikendeo's hammer that broke because of his shitty rolling. <laughs> oh, I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And your shield, too, I suppose. Yeah. 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 The shield was I fixed while we were talking and chatting at the troll. Wonderful. Body do, I, do I do my... Do I need to roll against my condition tonight or tomorrow during preparation? So you'll roll after the night passes. Okay. Um, but uh, Harim is able to do a treat disease check on you to give you a bonus. Oh, good. And that'll be the last thing that he does uh, before going to sleep. Great. And I guess while they're cooking, I'll uh, or- organize the watch. Oh, you organize the watch. Okay. Uh, Harim failed the treat disease check. So you're not going to get a bonus from that. Chris, I'd like to take the second watch. Well, isn't Organize the Watch a um, camping activity? Yeah. Yes. All right, sir. Go for it. All right. Perception check against the zone DC. I have a total of 17. That's a pass. Nice work. All right. Uh, What's the effect of that? Plus one to perception for the uh, current shift on the watch. Gotcha. Okay. I don't be a Debbie Downer, but Mike, you're deducting a point for all of our rolls on this, right? Because we're on a shitty campsite. Yeah. Okay. Um, so oh, the DC the for Rosalind Hinterlands is 15. Oh, okay. So that would still be a pass. But thank you for reminding me. Guess what? Uh, as you eat your meal, uh, Ikundeo uh, passed his cooking check yes. to uh, cook. What is it? Rice and nut pudding? Rice and nut. Rice and nut pudding. So uh, the meal grants a plus one status bonus to Arcana checks made to identify magic and learn a spell for the remainder of the camping session. Not that you guys are going to be doing any of that, but whatever. That's what he made. All right. Anybody want to do anything before we bed down for the night? Who's got what watch? Why don't I uh, perform some D20 checks uh, to determine whether I even care? One second. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. I don't like how many you're rolling there. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. He just dumped, he just dumped out his whole bag. <laughs> all right. They're all 20s. The night passes without incident. Fantastic. Hooray. You wake up in the morning. Let's just get, let's just get, let's just get Bashk's fort save just out of the way. Bashk Trand. Why don't you, uh, why don't you just go for it, buddy? Fort I, I believe save, in you. Huh? Should Fort save you are still, you got to make that while you're enfeebled, I think. Yep. Or whatever. I think that might affect your Fort saves. Can we pump Uh, him up with like happy thoughts? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stroke his tail. Total of 18. Total of 18. Well, let me just look up the DC on Tick Fever because that's going to be close. Fingers crossed. Divide by eight. Divide us three. (laughs) Carry the four. So you got like pus. Pockets growing. Yeah, out does of it again. manifest and like like are you got it, boils it, or what's going on? There? It doesn't. It doesn't like, differ with lizard folk. You guys don't. Does your you eyes, do your eyes leak? Do you have like green goo <laughs> leaking out of your eye hole? I don't know. Maybe I all those constantly. I imagine having eye boogers all the time like that. My fingertips itch. It's really weird. Remember your uvula swelled up. <laughs> my uvula swelled up. That's right. Yeah. My left hand was swollen larger than my other. You I think, my, I think my left my left pupil was blown. I did roll an eighteen. Yes. Was that an 18 with the enfeebled or without accounting for it? That, it yeah, it, it doesn't matter to it. Yeah, yeah. You're feeling better. Yay! Oh, yeah. You have beaten Tick Fever. Fuck yeah. And uh, Harry takes full credit. <laughs> as, he, as he should. As he should. As, as Grotus requested. Yes. <laughs> so Ikundeo, you know, he nods friend, friendly. Is that a word? He nods in a friendly manner at uh, you all and he you see him he and his dog setting off to the to the east uh to make his way to oleg's trade post yeah and i guess before he heads out i kind of mentioned to him since we we did gain some influence with him um is starting to trust him a little bit more um and he lets him know about 
the charter. Uh, not only are we here to kind of claim, clear, and uh, civilize this this area, we're we're also here to claim it. I see. What form of government do you intend to implement? <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't we haven't really uh, talked talked about that a whole lot. Um, we're still in the very early stages of uh, clearing out monsters and, and making sure it's safe. I do you understand. have any? Do you have any thoughts on uh, the type of government yeah. you'd you'd like to see, or the the ones uh, like how how is Bristol Hill set up? Did did that work? Bristol Hill was a uh, representative democracy. <laughs> it's awesome that we found a troll hunter that minored in political science. There's not here to be like, no, let's let's go ahead and talk this through, guys. Let's talk. There about was a uh, bicameral legislature. Bicam- <laughs> <laughs> well, those uh, not those, much those, got done. Those have their place, um, but uh, we're 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 still open to suggestions. So that's it's good to have your input. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, he's a little more at ease, um, but again, he's just um, kind of that that um, that John Wick vibe. Just can't does just can't leave him. He wants to kill. He wants to kill uh, the Reavers. Like that's his deal, right? But he's going to make his way to Oleg's at this point, and uh, the five of you uh, and your menagerie of, of remaining animals uh, uh, load yourself back up into the uh, into the the, uh, the, what is whip. It? the the whip the whip yeah. the trolley whip the jolly so you guys trolley. Are thinking right. of uh, yeah, we're going to the green belt. I are think we're going to reconnoiter. Or are we going to continue oh. on? Do we ha- did we send the two girls out to reconnoiter? North, north, yeah, yeah, the northern north. two yes. hexes. Yes. Okay. Oh, in fact, we might want to back this up because you you weren't going to reconnoiter this current hex either. Uh, Valerie, Lindsay, and Amiri were going to do these three. All oh, right, we were on our way to the tip. That's of the green right. Belt. We were going, we were going into the green belt. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's, I guess you probably don't reconnoiter it. Then yep. you just want to travel straight down into the green belt. Yep. Cool. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yep. Get into that okay. green belt. Yep. And- Get some green belting going. All right, guys. Do we want to go west or do we want to go southwest? I say oh. we just go west. Yeah, I say we go west. Yeah, let's just go west and just start at the edge and work our way in. Mm-hmm. Searching a grid pattern. Yep. Five okay. by five. Reconnoitering. All right. You travel <laughs> into the forest. Can the trolley get through the forest? Yes, it can. Okay. Yeah, you can, you're able to. I mean, it's slow going, but it's going to take you two days to reconnoiter this hex. Yeah, uh, which is normal for a forest hex. But again, you're kind of thinking you want to find these slavers. You're on the lookout for these trolls. You're on the lookout for stag lord bandits, and of course, you're looking for this temple as well. It's a lot do going you, on. Uh, a lot going on. Do this forest hex? Yeah, of course we do. I yes. think we do. Yeah, I think we just work our way slow but sure uh, through this whole whole deal. Right? And not that we're going to act yeah. it out, but that's two nights of camping to reconnoiter. Yeah. Okay. I'm just tracking uh, crafting days. Um, who would like to roll a dice? Ooh, I would. Oh, Bill. Good. Bill, um, I want you to roll a d6, but re-roll if you roll a six. Don't fuck this up, Bill. <laughs> Just keep rolling sixes. I rolled a one. Serio Xavier Sertova. <laughs> what do you got for me? So you guys are searching this hex over the course of two days. And on that second day of reconnoitering, you know, you guys are kind of walking around outside of the uh, trolley a little bit, trying to get things figured out here, getting this mapped. And Sirio, you're walking there. You're walking there in your little shoes, your little sorcerer booties. I don't know what it is that you're wearing, but... Uh, I'm hoping that what you're wearing is a hardy boot, because as you're walking, a concealed bear trap all of a sudden closes itself over your ankle. Oh, no. And the pain that you feel is debilitating as it snaps the bone of your ankle. (gasps) Ouch. Damn. Are we all all around him when this happens? You're close enough to him that he's able to signal to you easily that this has occurred. Does he signal by screaming like a high-pitched girl? <laughs> uh, try that one again. <laughs> Does he signal like screaming like a little baby? <laughs> uh, Chris, do you squeal like uh, a baby? No, it's it's 
No, it's more like a screaming uh, screaming girl. No. <laughs> Damn. Uh, well, you just can't win sometimes, uh, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a good deal. Do you guys all come running? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, carefully. Bill, roll a roll a oh, D four and re-roll on a four. Who puts multiple bear traps in the same place? Two. That's ridiculous. Bashk Trand, uh, make a reflex save. All right. <laughs> Somebody's pro- probably bears. A landmine from Brad over here somewhere too. Probably. Uh, total of nineteen. You're able to see this one now that you kind of know what to look for. Um, before it goes off, you're able to jump out of the way. You're about twenty feet from Sirio and his foot man it is it, it looks wrong this is a problem uh what do you do and get take me inside Sirio's head right now <laughs> that's kind of kind of how it's going um so aside aside from the the pain piece just being just being held in place and not being able to because i'm you know spellcaster like to be in the back ranks um run away from danger um not being able to move um that's probably more terrifying than than the actual pain yeah and yeah i'm i'm frantically trying to like open it myself um to to release my my foot you know as the others are making their way over to you um try the athletics check to see if you can get it open oh boy here we go. <laughs> High rolls. Let's go. Get you that 20. Athletics, you say. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even on my sheet. <laughs> 15 plus zero. You know what? Um, Heck yeah. You, that's a you good are role. able to work it open a little bit to um, release the pressure on your ankle. Nice job. And, uh, you know, you're holding it open with your strength. And as you pull the, the two bars back, just the blood that begins to run uh, now that the wound is exposed is sickening uh, to you. And, you know, you decide for yourself whether you lose your breakfast or not. But if you're not vomiting, like the urge is there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the others are with you now. They're able to free you. And of course, thank goodness we live in a, uh, you know, a situation with healing magic. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I suppose you actually, Harry doesn't, doesn't prepare heal. Uh, so of course he doesn't. This <laughs> might be Bashk or Sirio, or you're able to repair the ankle. But as, as, uh, I assume you, as you undo this harm, there's a mark that you're going to have forever. Now these, these, this, these two straight lines on either side, right on your ankle bone. It's just, it's oh, bad. Was this my left or right foot? Oh, um, you know, uh, let me roll for that. That's interesting. It's your right foot. Uh, interesting. So I haven't gone into much detail, but most of Sirius' defining features are on his left. So having having this mark on his right is uh, will be interesting. Oh, interesting. It's kind of like a new period of his life, this, this uh, new life in the Stolen Lands, maybe now. I didn't yeah. know that about the left side of his uh, body. You are in a uh, trap-filled glade oh. right now, and as the rest of you guys kind of get your get your uh, bearings, uh, you realize that there are uh, five of these traps in this glade. They are concealed, and they look kind of like they're overkill for like catching monster or not monsters, you know, animals and prey and things like that. These look dangerous, like way too dangerous to just be animal traps. This isn't like poachers. This is this is humanoids trying to capture other humanoids. Yeah, or slavers. Possibly. Yeah. You're you're not sure, but you know, you don't really um don't really see much else just initially. I will tell you that Mitch, you could maybe disassemble the these things for parts or at least make them inert. Yeah, I think um, I would like to what do, do you that. Do? I, I would like to dis- disable all these traps. I think um, maybe off air or on air, uh, Sirio or Chris had mentioned something about they're just indiscriminate, you know, like there's no target to these. So I would definitely disassemble them for parts. 
Do we see any tracks or anything of like somebody that set these? Can we see which direction that is? Is there anything like that that would give us a clue as to kind of if we wanted to know more about these traps, where we might go? Yeah, yeah. Make a survival check. Uh, total of twenty-one. It's decent. You see some attempts to conceal tracks uh, leading out of this glade to the southwest. Okay. This hex is reconnoitered at this point, and uh, other than this snare-filled glade, you don't see much else. Well, and I i mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think our plan was to actually head southwest from here. Yeah. Right? Or we're going to try yeah, to work our yeah. way down and then back up. So Yeah, go yeah. west and then back east, and then yeah. southwest again. Zigzagger. Yep. Okay. Back in the trolley. That's another two days, though. So it's, it was three days in the glade to get yep. up traveled and, and reconnoitered. You proceed southwest deeper into the forest, and during your first day of reconnoitering, you come across really what looks like another glade, similar to the one that Sirio triggered the uh, the trap in a few days before. Naturally, this puts you kind of on edge, but pretty soon you come to the realization that there might not be any immediate danger in this glade because you come upon what looks to be a triggered deadfall trap. Deadfall trap in this case being uh, a spot on the ground uh, that conceals a trigger. Hmm. The trigger is connected to a bunch of concealed logs that fall from above, crushing the triggering creature below. This deadfall trap is triggered, and as you get closer, you see that there is a man pancaked below oh, damn. these logs that have fallen onto him. Do we do we recognize the man? Have we seen you this do man? Not. This is not someone you've ever seen before. His features are pretty mangled by again this just this deadly trap. But you're kind of standing around, and you're pretty good at recognizing these bear traps. You see a couple of them kind of around here, too. Uh, what do you guys do? So this guy's dead, right? Oh, very. He's very dead. Okay. Oh, yeah. Looks like it's been a couple of days. Uh, so I think the first thing Syria wants to do is kind of see if he can find out uh, if this guy has any kind of identifying yeah. marks or features. Or I don't think people carry driver's licenses <laughs> aside from <laughs> Mitch on his trolley. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> first one ever. So, yeah, I, I searched the guy. Make a perception or a survival check to search around. I will site. do perception. That is a 25. You find his pack under some of this debris. As you open it up, you see uh, two days of rations, a sleeping bag, a spool of cord, several strips of linen, and enough materials to craft three of these bear traps. Oh. That you found yourself stepping into earlier this week. Yeah. That, that that makes me curious if he got got by his own, you know, <laughs> creations, yeah. or if this is, you know, if this is a trap, a trap yeah. battle going on or something. Or he was disassembling these traps, yeah. And right, yeah. right. Was he kind of doing what Mitch was doing, right. or is he the trapped craft the t- the trap crafter? Does um, he have any crafting tools on him? Yes, he does. He does have tools to create this stuff or, again, to disassemble it, so it's not conclusive yet. But there's kind of more that Sirio sees as he's searching around. There's a stump of a tree a few feet uh, from the dead body's outstretched arm, and uh, sunk into that stump is a cold iron hatchet that is sharp to the touch. Next to the stump is a water skin with fresh water. And... Your, your perception check was high enough to identify one more thing. You notice a tiny, sharp tooth snagged in one of the ropes comprising the mechanism of this deadfall trap. Can Bash roll a nature check to see if he recognizes that type of tooth? Uh, sure. Roll a total of 14. No. And in fact, it almost kind of looks supernatural to you. It doesn't look of this world. It's It's weird. It's too sharp, but almost kind of iridescent, and it's small. This is smaller than, like, you know, an arrowhead that we might find, you know, and it's, in, our, it's, in our world. And what, I'm sorry, what is the tooth stuck in? Uh, it's stuck in one of the ropes. One of the ropes of that, the, uh, the trap you know, that fell that on the guy. The trap, trap mechanism, yeah. Okay. Would an arcana check, if it looks magical, would that be something 
Yeah, I think Bashk says this this doesn't look natural and hands it over to Mitch. Uh, that is a, a 22 adjusted. The tooth to you looks like it comes from a fairy dragon. Oh. oh. We're back in first world mode and fey mode all of a sudden. Guys, I got a fairy tooth. Fairy dragon tooth. How much does a tooth fairy give you for a fairy tooth? <laughs> Gotta find you know out what, tonight. You know what I think this guy's problem was? He couldn't handle the tooth. <laughs> God damn you it. want me on that wall. You, you need me on that wall. <laughs> you want the tooth. You, you want the tooth. You can't handle the tooth. tooth. You could not handle the tooth. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So it was like this dragon trying to chew through the rope? I mean, maybe this interesting. I, I mean, There's he, a I, here I have a feeling that this guy was setting traps um and the the fairy dragon, I mean, obviously triggered this one on him. Um, either to save other animals or who, who knows what. But I think this dead guy was sent in the traps. That's just that's just me. So I I don't really need to put him on my list now because huh. he's already gone. <laughs> done done taken care of. Huh. <laughs> Sometimes it just sorts itself out. Sometimes things do sort themselves out. After reconnoitering this hex, nothing else really of interest. Another three days done on the clock. Uh, what's next for you guys? I think we were talking before about heading to like to the southeast, kind of backtracking, which will put us kind of in the directly to the west of the Thorn River Bandit camp that we were already at. So yeah. it's all still kind virgin of, territory. Zig, yeah, kind of zigzag our way yep. across, right? Yeah. And you are able to travel into that hex without a lot of incident. And my assumption is you again begin searching and reconnoitering. And yeah, yeah. Um, I need either a perception or a survival check from everyone. Yeah. Okay. Survival, you say? Not even worth reporting. 28. <laughs> oh, it's better than me. And Sierra got a 22 on the perception. Makes sense, though. I mean, Dry did such a good job in the forest at the Bandit River camp that <laughs> this would be kind of his yeah, favorite Yeah, he was looking for this. Yeah. yeah. Dry, you could have missed it easily, if not maybe for the wind uh, making the the tree branches sort of weave back and forth, you know, and patterns around you. But you see a glint of um, something sort of stone-like, glint, uh, you know, marble-like almost. And it causes you to, to stop walking and to look to the right. You cue the others around you and you begin walking toward this, this different surface that you noticed. And, um, just a hundred feet away from you, a thick tangle of brambles all of a sudden gives way to a large clearing in the woods, its border uh, partially defined by ruined stone pillars. The western face of the clearing is dominated by a looming mass of rock uh, nearly 300 feet across and rising to a moss-topped height of a hundred feet at the center. The side of the towering escarpment facing the clearing has been carved in the likeness of an immense elk, its antlers drooping down from its weathered face to frame a 50-foot-wide cave entrance. The flight of stone steps leads up to this entrance from the forest clearing. The steps and the elk both seem quite old and are thickly encrusted with moss. Finally, a 50-foot-long oval pool in the middle of the clearing contains water, thick with algae. Like many ancient things in this forest, this temple appears overgrown and forgotten. Travelers apparently can easily bypass this area, but you guys have found it. Jod's overgrown temple. Yeah. Elk temple, boys. Uh-oh. There it is. Okay, let's move on to another hex to reconnoiter, please. <laughs> yep. Let's go ahead and just uh, mark this on the map that there's temple yep, here. We know it's there. We'll go back to Jod, let him know it's where it's at. And yep. Who's the who's the cartographer? Him. Oh, dang, this is it is big. There's yeah. a big old Huge. pool down here, and there are the oh. steps. Nice swimming pool. There's a nice pool. This it is where is. the YMCA is going. <laughs> <laughs> Young man. So you, our kingdom of the YMCA gets gets its own hex in the forest. Dude, I remember the YMCA. It's amazing. Oh, shit. oh my gosh, this is where the YMCA is going. You guys uh, come down uh, from the foresty circumference 
of this uh, for long forgotten temple. The walls are obviously long gone. You just have the marble floor, the uh, the pool steps leading up to this cave beyond. And as you're inspecting your surroundings, you notice that there is a figure shrouded in a uh, purple hood, purple garments, standing atop the stairway. He himself kind of looking around. He's tall, almost a little too tall for how thin he is. He's kind of got this wiry frame. And he's got these uh, these golden hair locks kind of coming down from his purple hood that conceals himself. And it's obvious to you, even from this far away, uh, that this guy is holding a holy symbol. As you As you watch this figure kind of placidly looking around, almost as if he himself didn't arrive here that long ago. All of a sudden, you hear a roar as this gigantic, moss-covered bear comes out of this cave, lumbering toward the figure up at the top of the stairs, screaming, yelling, roaring as loud as it can. The echoes of the roar reverberate around the stone uh, flooring and up into the forest beyond. This bear all of a sudden lunges at this figure. What do you do? I, can I get a little clarification? Um, the icon for the bear has a top hat. Is this correct? <laughs> it's, it's a very fancy bear. Yes. It's a very fancy bear. <laughs> yes, I reused the uh, circus bear from our Extinction Curse campaign. <laughs> but I thought he looked pretty badass. <laughs> you there. You there, bear. bear. Pardon me, sir. Come talk to me. Pardon me, governor. Excuse me. You know, I think you guys uh, can think about what you want to do uh, this week. Oh we'll come back oh. to this next time, guys. Good oh, game. Shit. <laughs> uh, I think Sirius will pull out his popcorn. Right. Seriously. Watch what's going on. Ten bucks a day. Ten bucks a day.